Welcome. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Vincent Green. And I'm your host, Alton Tui. And this is Invasion of the Poly Snatchers. Let's get to it, motherfuckers. All right, Noel, we're back, but we're not back alone. This time we brought along Kira Walker um, for our zombie series. And the thing is about our zombie series is the hitch is we don't pick the movie, the guest does. So Kira, can you tell the folks at home who you are, what you do, and why'd you pick this movie? All right. Yes. My name is Kira Walker. I am a co-host of the Scarefire podcast. Um, the movies that I selected was uh, 1932's White Zombie, which is a very unknown Bela Lugosi film. Yeah. And then we have 1992's Dead Alive or Brain Dead, which was a New Zealand film. Um, I kind of wanted to do something total opposite. So yeah. let's have you did. Fun. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, well, like, like what? So, is the reason you picked uh, White Zombie is it because it's kind of unheralded for someone that's so famous like Bella Lugosi, or is it a movie you've seen many times and you really enjoy yourself? Well, one of the things um, about about my background a little bit is I grew up with the Universal um, monster movies. Um, my dad was a huge fan of them, so I grew up with them. So Bella Lugosi was very big in my family and I always was a fan of his and uh White Zombie I actually didn't find out about until much later years and I learned that it was kind of what kicked off zombie fad I guess is what you would call it and it's another reason why I picked like the two total opposite movies that we're going to be talking about today is because to see like where it began and then like six years later where it ended up so those two contrasts i think would make interesting yeah like um when we did a, a movie earlier on in the series uh, uh last man on earth starring vincent price with don shanahan and we were talking about how like even though they were vampires in a sense but like for most of the movie they kind of gave away they, uh, they came across as zombies and we were talking about how this was kind of the genesis of the genre because they didn't even know what to call them but like I never even knew about this movie. And this movie is thirty-two years previous to, to white uh, to um, Last Man on Earth, and this actually has the real and original zombie lore. It's not talking about like people biting each other or being passed like a disease or a virus. This is a very supernatural hoodoo voodoo sort of thing from the Haitian origin of the the, the zombie lore. And like, and it has actually happened in history where people in Haiti have talked about where they've gone missing for two or three years and they find out that people have used uh, substances or drugs on them and they've zombified them and made them into a slave. And like, so this is actually really deep, uh, deeply ingrained into Haitian culture. And, and and like on the outset, if you look at a movie like White Zombie, it's like it couldn't seem any more alien to us when we look at what we think of a zombie, but actually is the more um, uh, accurate in terms of the zombie lore in compared to like what George A. Romero popularized in the 60s and 70s. No, exactly. It's very much a traditional to, like you said, the folklore of everything and it almost was like zombies were originally more like um possessions type idea Mm. like people were like Mm. possessed in a sense Mm. um and i just think it's absolutely fascinating to what it has turned into now so it's really interesting to see this this film because you just think they've been like brainwashed or whatever but you put the name zombie on it (laughs) it's (laughs) It's so weird because like what we it's like uh, words uh, how they change definition through time 
you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, it's like when we think of zombie, we think of the living dead. We think of something that's trying, you know, yeah. brains, brains, something's <laughs> trying to eat our face. But back then, it was the end of the world. This was just one guy yeah. in the corner of the world exhibiting control. Like, yeah. if you stood out of his way, he wasn't like trying to take over the planet. He was the people he took over were people who offended him or <laughs> interested him. But the, yeah, is a little it, bit more terrifying, <laughs> which is sense. actually, which actually is, yeah. It's like, it's like the um, uh, scopolamine. Uh, there's a drug uh, in South America where um, they call it devil's breath. It's it's uh, grows on plants or on trees all over South America and in Colombia in particular. And they actually get it, they ground into a powder, and you can actually walk up and blow it in someone's face. And they say it's so potent that you can actually control that person. Like people have been robbed, they've been um, they've they've been oh dosed, God. and they'll be walked back to their hotel room, and the person will take all their belongings, and they'll just turn around and walk back out, and that like, and that person will have little to no memory of these things, like you know, or if they have any memory, they'll remember that they had no control over themselves. So wow. like, it's crazy, like Jeez. that. There is. Like, that's awful. That drug was called. If you think I can spell All right, into the into the movie. Um, for something that I was loosely being a metal fan, I was loosely aware White Zombie had taken the name from this the White Zombie band, Rob Zombie's band had taken Boo, the name Rob White Zombie, Zombie from the yeah, Boo, Rob Zombie, <laughs> but he had taken it from this film White Zombie. So I was kind of loosely aware of its existence, but never looked into it. Didn't always Bella Lugosi, and I'm a fan of Bella Lugosi. And uh, yeah. then when I actually got to watch it, it, it had all that campy delight that, that you just love from those early 30s films where yeah. its sound isn't that old, it's yeah. kind of a relatively new thing, but everyone still has. Has that over expression, yeah, that, like you know, like, bang, like and then you have to like grab your stomach and you have to like you know fall yeah. and you know take something down with you. Yeah, I, 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 so I really, really enjoyed going back and getting to enjoy it. And it was Benny Lugosi, I think, very much so at the height of his powers. Yeah, he was very. It was like he played a character called Murder. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't tell you who the bad guy is. Yeah. <laughs> I have a bad feeling about this, Mister Murder. <laughs> That that goatee had that screamed evil. It just exactly. did. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he was just like the end of like the mustache type idea. <laughs> <laughs> so menacing. <laughs> was this a film you grew up on, Kira? This is a film you've seen many times. Though, yeah, she's ninety three years old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Bella Lugosi was a huge staple in my family. Like I said, my uh, my father was always a huge fan of the. Universal Monsters and Bela Lugosi was really big. He did a lot of um, films like this. He even did um, like The Raven and all that kind of stuff. The Edgar Allan Poe films that they actually put on screen. Um, so he was a really, really big um, part of me growing up. And I think this is like literally the like eighth or ninth time I've seen this film. So. <laughs> Do you think this film was like a Nexus event where we just, because we know we kind of touched on it, but this was zombies as we know them, even though it's so different. It, this was, somebody said, what about just this? They're not smart. What they have is numbers and they have relentlessness. Yeah. So but what if we had a lot of them? Wouldn't that be a scary concept? Do you think that this was a time where somebody kind of looked at this movie and maybe we wouldn't have, maybe the zombie fad would have never have happened or it turns out my my film knowledge is what it was. Maybe there was a 1901 film that, that <laughs> I don't know. But this film, this a white zombie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But this film being 90 years old and seeing them talking about zombie zombie lore, like Vinny touched upon. Do you think this film was just might be even just if you don't 
if it's not for you, the really old films that you would have to appreciate it if you're a horror fan, that this was a film that was probably quite vital, that it had this ripple effect into the zombie horror movies we have now. I definitely think we have a lot of the zombie genre to thank for this film because it wasn't really a folklore that was brought over to the States that wasn't really publicized really mm. and then you have this movie with bella lugosi where obviously he's a big name it's going to draw people to the theater and you have this folklore and people have never heard of it so that's terrifying in itself but now they're hearing dead being risen you know brought yeah. back to life but they're effectively like puppets type idea and i think that really caught on with people so i do think that that opened the gate to well what more can we do with it and I think that's really when, like, the 1960s, I think it took a little bit of time for it to, like, cook, I should say. Mm. But that's really when, like, the 1950s and 60s started to, like, well, let's push it a little further and let's see how much more intense and how scary we can make this. Yeah. So I really do think that this film kicked off something that no one would have ever really thought of, at least not until much later time. So this movie really did a bunch for the genre. It, it probably like also influenced Hitler. He was probably like watching. It's like I could take over a lot of people. World War Two started seven years later. Yeah, yeah. So the correlation. <laughs> I'm just laying out the evidence. fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I suppose Bela Lugosi kind of became this kind of, especially with the Ed Wood film and all that kind of jazz. Mm. Uh, Plan Nine and all that, uh, which I got to see in a theater a few years ago. Absolutely phenomenal. Bad Lucky. film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did actually. But uh, at the same time, he was actually, a, like you said, he was a big name. Like Bela Lugosi was the person, because I, I looked at the wiki for this and it's and, and they had a poster and it was like, oh, when the critics turn up their nose, you turned up in droves or something like that. And it was it <laughs> more money than all of the films of the previous week together had met on its opening night. It actually made bank. And exactly. at the end of the day, just like there, just like now, show me, show me the returns and I'll show you a movie star. And yeah, then the exactly. had returns. So even though it's a little bit camp, it, it did just show that he how is. Much, how much did it make in the box office? Six and a half tuppence or something. Yeah. <laughs> 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 They're like trading in like deer heights or something. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Did I have money back then? Come on. And <laughs> 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 throwing pebbles at each other. <laughs> I think you're gone back a little bit further. Ah, I'm exaggerating. I'm allowed to exaggerate. I'm exaggerating. So I do. So I do. But how did this film stand up for you, Kira? After I was, I'm sure it's a few years since you've seen it. Um, I actually watched it two nights ago. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, obviously, it's very campy. It's very. It's yes. kind of goofy. It's very cheesy. But one thing that I do admire about this film, and I, I always say it about films between the 1920s up until the 50s, and even some a few later years, the wholesomeness of the way that they made the films is something that you can never replicate. You can never recreate that. So as far as that is concerned, I think it holds up beautifully because you will never be able to duplicate it. No, the, the dialogue isn't necessarily the best and when you have somebody falling over a cliff and you can completely tell that it's a dummy yeah that looks bad this movie is something that no one will ever be able to replicate or even no. really come close because there's just something almost magical and mesmerizing yes. about mm. it 
you know. I actually completely agree. I've even seen it in music and other genres where you just kind of go like, a, they try to create a, 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 an older sound, a Gary sound. So they throw all this production at it and all this technology. <laughs> And exactly. they can't. It's it's so yeah. stupid. It's so it's so counter. It, it comes you know, across like, oh, we so want... fake. Exactly. Mm. Uh, we, Metallica made that Saint Anger album. They wanted to sound like the garage days, so they went into a big studio and they tried to mess with the the mics and stuff to create a different sound. You're like, just go go into a garage. Into a garage. <laughs> you know, use the cameras. Source. Go back to it. But they can't. I, I we've we've moved on, and that's fair enough. But at the same time, you are right. There is when you're looking at it. There's a little bit of magic there that as corny as it is it's there and you, and it's gone now so yeah. you have to yeah and it's nice to have a record of it but okay I, I i do think there was a hangover from going into sound it felt very pantomime the way people arrived on scene whether it was a butler or a voodoo master whatever <laughs> was, he was. uh the even see a ghosty motherfucker i do think that when they arrived they announced themselves and I, I i i i was just sitting there like i was smiling from ear to ear during the very short run 67 minute run of this film yeah well it's a long movie back then it's, it's straight it's like the early days of audio like you know like i was full sure this movie is going to be a silent movie I was like, threw it on. There was noise. I was like, yes. <laughs> but, but um, like one thing, no, we did recently was the the for our 50th episode of Body Snatchers was all the Body Snatchers movies. And something we spoke about was how when you go through the the different iterations of the story and how it, each movie captured its moment in time, like the original from the 50s, the 70s, onwards to the 90s and the 2000s. And something you said, Kira, is that it's so hard to replicate. Like, and it's actually it's impossible to replicate these earlier movies or these earlier times because we're just hampered by our advantages in a lot of ways. If that makes any sense, you know, because when you look back then, this is the bare bones of movie making this is the genesis of not just the zombie genre or even the horror genre this is the almost the general uh, the genesis of movie making itself in a lot of ways and the movie making that we come to know and love you know with the sound with the the kind of big set pieces like you know hordes of zombies all these things would have been unimaginable probably 20 years before that you know in this and to have that like even though it's so corny to us now that's like cutting edge for 1932 leading like, edge absolutely you know edge. so you have to give them their props because even on like even though it, it is a really corny movie to us that uh, like they really did they pulled out all the stops and they showed a lot of ambition and actually how they made the movie for 1932 mm. like but uh, one one of my favorite one of my favorite lines in the entire movie is when he goes down the main character goes down to check on his girlfriend and she's gone and he goes to the doctor and the doctor's like well either one or two things happened here <laughs> either a dead cult took her body and are using and these human bones as for sacrifice and I'm like what and he's like or she wasn't dead at all I was like who the fuck is this guy <laughs> he says it like so calmly like it's an everyday occurrence like ah oh you know dead cults they'd be crazy <laughs> <laughs> You know women. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even know their place when they're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're cancelled. Uh, no. <laughs> I didn't say it. He said it. I'm uh, for a moment. I did actually. I tell you what, we were speaking with the, the kind of the edge. You know, when he, she's dead and he and the the husband is in, he's drinking, wallowing in his grief. And he, I seen her in like his spilled beer. And then he seen her on a chair and stuff like that. And they were superimposing her over it. And then that would have been mind blowing <laughs> at the time. And I always try and not turn my nose up to stuff like that because that simply was yeah. the absolute most bleeding edge thing that they could do at the time. Yeah. And if exactly. you like, Vinny had said, if you were my age, if you were in your late thirties back then, so you had grown up on. Yeah. Train arrives at station. 
and penny you know dread, like penny dreadful novels and stuff the like penny that. dreadful novels yeah. this yeah. would have been really really phenomenal and i think as a film buff i think i can appreciate that and you know i do i do think as a film buff i can appreciate it for what i mean like fun. can you imagine like the gasps in the theater when they did something like that at that yeah. time like oh, yeah. oh my gosh how are they doing that yeah you know yeah, it's like the, when you watch Avatar, it would be the equivalent. You know what I mean? The oh, yeah, absolutely. Avatar, with the glasses like, and everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know but they I mean? would like, I mean, we're so hard to impress now because I think everything is sped up to such an insane degree mm. that we're, we're just starting putting. We've got, yeah, we've got like supercomputers in our pockets and stuff. And we just kind of. We're spoiled. Let's just we're say spoiled. It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but I think this this, this film, like, to be to, to, when you're watching it, do you ever think to yourself, and maybe you think this, Kira, like, did you, would you ever, what these films, you think just to be a fly on the wall? Just, just mm. to go back for one day and not do anything special, just to sit in the theater and watch it with the people of its time. That's it. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm always fascinated with how they came up with the way these things are done. And they were very limited with their technology and props and stuff like that in 19, the 1930s, because they also had like a depression going on. So mm. things yeah. were extremely limited. So this was literally coming out of somebody's pure imagination and creativity determination and somebody's passion and just to see that like for like you said one day like even in the theater to see it at its height and just hear everybody's reaction yeah i think that would be so amazing i really do yes you know what i mean just like watching all the people back in the 1930s imagine what that would mean like when your life is like literally depression era america and you finally, like, you know, you finally go out and you get to see something like this. This could change your fucking life. Like, you know what I the mean? Escapism. Yeah. Escapism. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like, you know, when you go to see Spider-Man, it's like, ah, oh, fuck Rona. Fuck the coronavirus. Mm. I'm going to go see Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like, you know, imagine what it was like back then. Like, you know, 1930s, the world is falling apart. Like World War Two, or sorry, World War One just ended like 14 years previous. Tensions have just started hitting yeah. up in power yeah. a couple of months after the film. <laughs> you know what I mean? Power, you know, this crazy, movie yeah. was made in such a crazy like impasse in history between two gigantic events. Like, you know what I mean? There was probably only a handful of movies made after this that weren't propaganda movies. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy yeah. to think about it like that. Like, you know, because one thing we always thought when we were talking about Invasion of the Poly Snatchers, it was like 11 years after World War II ended and to see like movies getting back on its feet. Like, you know, it's it's crazy to think of that event that occurred between two iconic movies, like, you know, that kind of thing and how cinema grew as well in the meantime, because like 1932 and 1956, the difference in the technology that was used even then, was crazy and most of those advancements were probably made because of propaganda movies and wartime movies yeah of course, you know it's yeah. crazy exactly. portable lights and cameras you know like portable yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were probably six and a half <laughs> it's like yeah it's nice and portable six guys carrying it <laughs> uh, we haven't talked about the fact that the butler was just called silver <laughs> don't you think i know Richard. that silver and at one point silver goes to hit the murder silver goes to hit murder and murder looks at murder looks at silver <laughs> silver can't move towards murder <laughs> man the vulture love, the vulture sound the effects vulture there's a woman screaming it had to be a woman screaming whoever was in charge of the dog barking sound effects just really wanted their part to like just kind of, you showed up and you thought you were going to get a cool job and if somebody says you're in charge of dog barking and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be the greatest goddamn dog barker <laughs> nobody was allowed to move without the sound of a vicious dog going, rawr, 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 and frogs 
But yeah. I, I loved it. I loved all the soundboard stuff. <laughs> I just think someone was a little bit overzealous is all. You know? Yeah, it's like I can half picture a guy with like a steel sheet doing the the thunder. Yeah, like it's it's even so close to like being back on stage. Like they don't even call it a cast at the start. It's just players. Like you know, what I mean? when I see that come up, yeah. it's like you know, this is an old ass fucking movie. <laughs> when they're calling <laughs> actors players, you know what I mean? It's like produced by Julius Caesar. <laughs> like this was up. after Bella. Bella had done Dracula at this stage, though, hadn't he? So he, mm-hmm. he had cemented himself, and this was basically just him coasting on his own name. Yeah, on his own success. Yeah. What an unbelievable career that man had. Like, that's a series for you right there. Bella yeah, Lassie. no, exactly. Like, how did it end up on Plan 9? My God. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was like 20, did, 20 years later or something, would have been. He, yeah, it was, he died on this. He died as they were making it in 56. Yeah. Did it bring him back as a zombie? Actually, they brought back a guy who just wore a cape <laughs> over his face. So he played Bella's part, but he never showed his face for the rest of the film. It's a truly spectacularly bad film. Like, yeah, I've only ever seen. That's why it's so famous. It's famous. That's why it's all <laughs> like even this is the thing when you when you're watching a film like this, you think it is corny and stuff. But this, there was that kind of like camp theater feel that people. That's what people wanted. That's what played. That's what made money. But this film still had the something like oh, there's people who love cinema making this. Mm-hmm. It had a storyline. It was about love at the center, uh, like these films often are. And then they put all these kind of horror elements around it. But then, like later on, I think people just uh, obviously trying to get paid, and they just make <laughs> terrible movies. <laughs> this film had charm. It did. Uh, it had something. It had something at its core. Like, it had know? a lot of hand clasping. It did have a lot. Of hand- <laughs> oh, you, I want to know why. My, my, whatever her name was, uh, she was able to come back from the dead. She'd lost her soul. She wasn't able to talk, but she was a world-class piano player <laughs> yeah i wondered about that i was like how do you remember how to play piano but you can't remember the guy that you just got married to okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was a great choice now actually i have to say um going back kind of i always say i'm going to go back to the 50s i'm going to go back to the 30s and be a proper yeah. film buff Definitely. but then you realize you never you know yeah you never do and yeah then somebody's then something like this comes in it's homework you have to go and watch this movie and i'm like wow there is treasure troves of camp and corny but ultimately very important cinema yeah. mm, back there and the horror genre you always think of it kind of coming to fruition in the 80s the golden era of horror but people were people would love scary stuff since back the penny dreadfuls and stories around campfires and this mm. just showed that even a hundred years ago there was money being made off horror it's it is an unstoppable genre it really really is i always believe in the saying there's a fine line between laughing and screaming because there's something so enjoyable about being like frightened or made slightly uncomfortable and i know that sounds completely weird but the roller coasters yeah, no, exactly. Mm. There's a excitement about a fear element. And I think mm. that is exactly like what you were talking about. It's always been popular with people, you know? It's kind I of agree. like an adrenaline rush. Oh, yeah. But I always say it's because I, I, I know the way I always word it is that it's it's a very safe way to be in danger. It's a very it, safe way to be yes. uncomfortable. Because, you know, I jump, there's, you know, they close the medicine cabinet like they always do. Never open a medicine cabinet in a horror movie. I don't know why they do it. And they shove it. And then there's the thing behind it. And it makes you jump. And, and that's fine. I'm just on my couch. Yeah. Right. I'm absolutely fine. Vicarious danger. 
second there, just for one second there, it got me. And I always yeah. have to go like, I admit it, it got me. <laughs> and I love it. And I love it. You're absolutely right. There's something so delightful. And I think maybe that's the line. That's the thin line. It's delight. When you laugh at something, it's it's uh, it's obviously like, it's very simple and easy to explain. But there is something delightful about getting that. And um, while these films wouldn't scare us because we're too desensitized to it, I don't think you can turn your nose up to what was the boundaries at the time and this film was probably pushing boundaries for its time the idea of somebody taking your free will away or somebody taking your life away and bringing you back as a soulless husk that that's quite scary on its on the face of it absolutely absolutely man the the time when uh the dude that drugged uh what what was the lady the girl's name in it the guy that is it uh madeline the, uh, the guy that got her drugs so she become a zombie later on when he takes the drink off Bella Lugosi and I'm like that is one dumb motherfucker like seriously <laughs> you're literally taking a drink off that guy really of all the people on the just a pin island. prick yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> in, a, in a flower perhaps a glass of wine yeah, yeah. and that's I, the you guy know, that you let pour your drinks okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, <come on. laughs> he looked like Houdini to me I actually had to check to see yeah. if he was he looked he had the hair and the kind of body type I actually looked so much like Houdini I knew it wasn't but I, I wouldn't be satisfied until I checked it out and um, Robert <laughs> Fraser was the guy's name in real life but you're absolutely right yeah but every every decision he made even as he's like what well, it was so inappropriate he's walking her down the stairs and he's trying to get her to walk out on her own wedding <laughs> <laughs> and anything anything other than like please don't be unreasonable from her would have been hysteric female so, like, you know, <laughs> but he's allowed to like let's run away and drag her and throw it out the window like, we could be somewhere too, in like, to, to yeah. the sanitarium with her <laughs> sanitarium with her, yeah. she's a witch she had an opinion <laughs> <laughs> But she was, she was quite like there was, there was the, 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 she was the helpless damsel kind of mm. throughout it all, you know. Yeah, the old, old school dame kind of thing. Like the dame, that, that, that was it. That's just yeah. the way Philip seems to be. She had time. massive eyes, though, didn't she? Like that. She really uh, did. Yeah, like you know, she's probably like dead now. Everyone in that movie's dead. <laughs> she only died. She only died in the nineties. What? Oh, really? Yeah, she lived a long, long, long time. She only died in like 1990 or something. Jeez. Yeah, she lived she a long, long time. Super I, checked, old. I checked out. Yeah, she lived to be 91, I think. Oh, really? Jesus. Isn't that great? Guess she would well, after I, all. I guess I, the thing, I, uh, yeah, she died in, uh, she was born in 1899. Jesus. She died in 1990. Imagine the stories that woman. This is what I'm talking about to be a fly in the wall. Like if, uh, to, to have been able to sit down and have a conversation with that woman would have been just a, a, a dream come true. It really yeah. would have. I yeah. think it was just 1990, you know? <laughs> Man, mo- movies were so early then, though, weren't it? Like, it's like, it's crazy. Like, 90 years ago, this movie was 90 years old now. It was like, and it's mad that, like, the technology we have. Could you imagine being in 1932 and looking back 90 years into their history? Like, it probably wouldn't have looked very different, except for a few advents of maybe electri- uh, widespread electricity, you have telegrams, all this kind of stuff. But now you look back and, like, but the difference is back then you could probably put someone from 90 years previous into 1932 and they probably could have adjusted. But you yeah. could not put someone from 1932 into 2022. They'd be, like, okay. living on, uh, like, it's like living on uh, an alien world. 
you know what I mean? Oh, no, like, completely. The advances totally, we've made yeah. since then is insane. Like, you know what I mean? So I, that's what I love about movies, though. It's like a time machine. I think we said that in the Body Snaps episode, too, that you can just go back and you can kind of peek through the, this window of time, like, you know, and you can capture all these different things. And what and it's cool to see what people were scared, uh, were afraid of back then. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, exactly. it's like, you know, it's just like, what, as we said, what seems corny to us could have been terrifying to them. It's like when you hear about people fainting during The Exorcist or Alien. And like, we we love those chestburster scenes. We love all that gore. We love all that craziness, like, you know, and it just shows you that like you know maybe we become more desensitized as a civilization over time or some shit you know it, it's it, it is cool though like and one thing about horror is like every generation has its own style and its own flavor and to go back as far as 1932 it's just crazy to see one of the original styles and one of the original flavors you know absolutely yeah exactly could you imagine these people seeing a saw or something like that? You, know, <laughs> you want to give them a heart attack? Yeah. <laughs> Do you mean like an actual, imagine like an actual saw? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. Sure. What we do is we'll be, do you have anything else to say or we wrap this up? Because I know you're stuck on, wrap it up. you're stuck for time care and we'll uh, move on to Dead Alive then the next episode. That's awesome. Yeah, you? that sounds good. Cool beans, cool beans. Uh, Kira, do, do, do you have anything else to say or no? Do you have anything else to say about White Zombie or we get the fuck out here? No, we can get out here. I'm good. No, I'm good. Cool, cool. Um, Kira, uh, do you want to tell the folks where they can find you on socials and whatnot? Absolutely. So, Scarifier, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We have a community there as well. Um, don't be shy. We don't bite that hard. Um, <laughs> come give us a shout. Um, let us know what's up. Awesome. Thanks so much uh, for spell, coming Could on. you spell, yeah, sorry, just before, could you spell out your podcast? So if I oh, want. Yeah, sorry. It's a weird spelling. Um, it's yeah. S-C-A-R-I-F-Y-E-R. Scarifier. Okay. Scarifier. Gotcha. Awesome. Like Thanks. Scarifier, but with an S. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. But um, all right, cool. <laughs> so we get the fuck out of here. Um, I, all right. I'm your host, Vince Green. No, I'm your host, all John Toohey. And uh, that was uh, White Zombie. This is Invasion of Potty Snatchers. And that was Kira Walker. See you next time, motherfuckers. Peace. Peach. Let's go.